The Joe Beaver Show is on the air. 22. What do you mean? 22. After all the uncertainties of the past two years, there's been an expectation and a hope for a more normal 22-23. But now the question is... Do you know where you're going to? USC and UCLA do. They're both Big Ten schools. Yeah. But where does that leave the rest of us? Who could possibly answer that question in this strange new era of analytics? Mad transfers. How did it get hit? Well, it looks to me like you portaled it. Oh, what? You know, portal from wherever you were to here. What's that? It's a, a different kind of portal. Oh, it's just changed so radically, and we're all running to catch up. And realignment. They both be pencils. Yeah. All we do know is the boys are back. And the Joe Beaver Show plots its own course. Now, there are a few more topics that we have to cover. And we will not talk about transfers, and we will not talk about my mother. We will talk about what I want to talk about. Fair enough. Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Joe Beaver is on 1240 Joe Radio. Ah, the phone lines are already... Already lighting up. The phone number is 541-497-5356. That's the Downward Dog phone line. The uh, University Honda text line is the same. 541-497-5356. Welcome to this Monday version of the Joe Beaver Show. I am John Warren. Mike just called me. Got stuck behind a train. Happens to us all the time. Even when you think you're outsmarting Queen and you go to 34th, you can still get stuck by a train. There's no fault in that at all. The only way around that to avoid it completely is to go all the way, far, far out of the way, to go up and around and so on and so forth. So Doc Parker will be here any minute now. We do have a call coming in. I can't answer it until, in fact, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to answer this phone and go immediately to hold so you can hear me now i just answered and put you on hold but i'll have to pick it up when mike gets here to ask you your name i do know that merle is holding on line one so merle you hold on i'll wait until mike gets here because we're talking seconds if not minutes if not seconds and i know you're going to want to hear from mike so uh we'll hold you on the line and we'll hold our mystery caller on the line and again take your texts and whatnot okay a couple of things Wow, what a day. What a day Saturday turned out to be. First of all, it was so foggy and so socked in. I knew it would break apart, but I didn't think it would turn out to be an unbelievably glorious spring day. I mean, it was warm enough to take your jacket off. It was absolutely glorious, number one. Number two, obviously the way the game turned out didn't look good in the middle. There was a couple of things that happened to me on Saturday. One... I, for the very first time, well, maybe not the first, but for the first time in probably 30 years, went back to conspiracy theory. I looked at some of the officiating and thought, they are manufacturing this. That's how bad that uh, five-yard call was on third down and fourth down right before the half. Now, Oregon State and Oregon were going back and forth. 
The Beavers were moving the ball on Oregon. Oregon was moving the ball on Oregon State. It was a back-and-forth deal. I think the Beavers had the edge. They obviously had the edge. They were up 10-7 to at the time. However, when the, offici- when the officials did that, and, and I, I'm telling you, there was a smugness on the lead uh, official with the white hat. I felt a smugness in his calls. And when they called uh, that that was a short ball, first of all, my position in the press box was looking straight at the five-yard line. I was on the five-yard line. And I don't remember who the ball carrier was. I'm sorry. It was it Martinez. It was early enough in the game. He hadn't gotten hurt yet. Let's say it was. So Damian gets down. The knee was on the four. The ball was around the three. There was a big pile. And, of course, as we all know, they placed it back at the five. It was so bad when I watched the replay, because I watched the whole game afterward, that Fleming and Gilmore, who, you know, TV, they said, look, don't, don't get on the officials because it's part of the league. It's part of our deal. Just lay off the officials unless it's completely egregious. They're both saying that's the worst call. That's unbelievable. That's terrible. That's a joke, especially when they confirmed the call after a review. Apparently, they had told Jonathan Smith, well, we already looked at it. So he was all upset and finally said, I want a review. It burned a timeout because it got rejected. But they go in, they say the call is confirmed. Everybody, including the ESPN or ABC announcers, were saying that was that was ridiculously bad. Then there was a trap ball, a ball that bounced off the turf that occurred not much later than that, that we all saw. But they quickly didn't take, they didn't take a, a review of that particular play. I felt that those two calls on third down, then again on fourth down, the placement of the ball, it reminded me of being in Seattle a couple of years ago. I felt that that turned everything because the wind and the, was taken out of the sails of Oregon State. And the game of football is so much an emotional game. It really is. Now Oregon's moving the ball like crazy. They go down, they score before the half. Now, experts will tell you that if you can win the last three minutes of the first half and the first three minutes of the third quarter, you're going to win the game more often than not by a large percentage. And that's exactly what happened. The officials job the Beavers big time, and I don't get on the officials. I don't say that calls change games. I did Saturday. Saturday, I threw it all out the window and said, conspiracy theory, absolutely, I went against everything that I believe in about officials. Fans get mad. They lost us the game, and I do this show and say, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. This time, they did. Except they didn't. They didn't, except Except the Beavers overcame it. But let me finish. So, absolutely, it changes. They win the final three minutes of the first half, and then they win the first three minutes of the third quarter, Hence, you're down 31 to 10, and you're thinking, no way. However, my, my seatmate next to me, and of course you don't cheer in the press box, but we were whispering to each other and doing uh, hidden fist bumps. Um, we're looking at the clock, Doc, and saying that there's enough time here. There's enough time, and if they can get two consecutive stops and turn that into something, You've got a game, or if they can score by this marker on the clock, and it's exactly what happened. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Thank you. Good morning. Sorry about the lateness. Trains and a podcast that I had to do. Trains will get you. Yeah, they got me. But it gave me time to listen to you open and contemplate. And here we go. 
We don't have Jonathan Smith today. We're not in the Jack and Jenny Wilborn media room. We want to get right to calls and texts throughout the day because this is one of those rare events that warrants nothing but, for the rest of the show, conversation about what we saw and about how you took it in and about how you took it all in as we went along. John's already described some of the frustrations early and, and the swing of emotions. Did you at any point, quote unquote, give up, abandon all hope? Uh, when did you think, ah, okay, I'm going to stay? Did any of you even plan on uh, leaving or uh, turning the game off? Did you do that? Turn the game off and walk away for a while and come back. Oh, we're closer. I accomplished. It's me. Me walking away. Got the Beavers back in it. <laughs> there are times that uh, that ploy has worked. It doesn't always work. I didn't have that choice. But in my heart, it was pretty miserable to watch the Beavers fall behind 31 to 10. Yeah. But Jim, will, it, one thing I will say before we get to Merle and Dave, and then we want to hear from you the rest of the show. And I didn't hear any of the broadcast, yeah. so I, I, I don't know how you guys well, are taking I, it in. Not, I mean, there was a sense of despondency in, in my voice and in my heart as the lead for Oregon grew, but I did notice Oregon pretty giddy on the sidelines, and we're close, not very far from their sideline. Happy. And I, I remember thinking and saying to Jim off the air, they're pretty happy. They're giddy. This thing isn't With over. With as much time yeah. as there was. And I came back on on the air and said, it's all Oregon right now. The Beavers, Jim, need a, a quick scoring drive. If they can get it, they can get themselves back in it. They've got a lot of things have to go right. Four plays, 75 yards in a minute, 49 seconds, all on the ground. But the biggest play maybe of the game, handoff to Damian 43 yards yeah. and deep into Oregon territory, yeah. and that lifted everybody from that point on, from that handoff and 43 yeah. yards on. The Beavers had it all going on the ground, not throwing a pass, right. outscoring Oregon 28-3 to in the greatest comeback, not only emotionally, spiritually, and we are oftentimes prisoners of the moment and presentism and all recentism and all that stuff, mm -hmm. but in this case, that's not hyperbole. Kerry Eggers and I spoke over the weekend. I've looked. There's been no greater comeback, as far as we know, in the history. The previous 125 games never offered that. So where does this one stand for you? Let's get to Merle and then Dave, and we'll keep the phone lines and the text line open throughout the day, and I dare say for the week, because it's going to take more than just today to deal with the, the glory of the Beavers come from behind when. Merle, thank you for calling and for hanging on. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. All right, Mike and John. Um, I've got six points. I could probably go <laughs> 60, but I did limit it to six. Okay. <laughs> um, Jonathan, this year, has stated multiple times on interviews and stuff, these games are long. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has said that multiple times. And I listened to that, and when I was in the stands at halftime, I said to me and my homies, the game is long. In the middle of the third quarter, I still said, the game is long. He not only coaches his team, he coaches Beaver Nation. It, it's, mm -hmm. it's crazy off the charts what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Number two, culture. The Ucks are coach-led, at best. The Bees 
are player-led. I don't know how many times Jonathan has said that, and I don't know how unique that is, but the culture of player-led with Jonathan and his his team, his coaching team, pushing up the beeves from underneath and supporting them, but letting them do the leadership is off the chart for me. Never seen it hmm. since '77 okay. when I've been I've been watching. Mm-hmm. Three, Annie. Okay, I, I want to talk about how the Ucks connect with their fan base. I don't even know if they call it Uck Nation or what they call it. I have no idea. But who they who they connect with is their sweet-level fan base. Okay? They don't have any connection with the serfs that are out there and pay the, the general admission. They have none. The bees connect with all economic levels, everything. It's, it's just such a beautiful difference. I, I, it's so, so just out there, obvious, if you look. Now, I want to talk about, I'm on four here. Okay. <laughs> uh, whoever that uck was that sucker punched somebody. DJ, okay. DJ Johnson, yeah. And I believe DJ Johnson was also uh, Land Danning's uh, pick to take to Pac-12 weekend day or whatever the heck that is. I don't know that. Com- com- uh, I'm pretty sure that's true. Mm-hmm. Compare that. To when Jonathan took Avery to that that week, and and then Avery is on the sideline when the bees are playing Hawaii at Hawaii, and a teammate takes a swing at Avery right there on the sideline. I can't remember who that player was. Teammate of Avery, he was kicked off the team. Will the Ducks do anything like that? I have no idea. But again, it's all it's all the difference between. The character of the Beavs and the character of Ducks. I've got a poetry moment. Okay. Okay. When Jaden makes our best player, Jaden makes the tackle against their best player mm-hmm. on fourth down. Mm-hmm. It can't. There's no more better poetry than that. Yeah. And last, my last topic, potpourri. When when the Beavs scored the touchdown and stayed and brought the offense back out for the two-point. I don't know if it was just a fake or whatever, or, you know, uh, 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 but was Jonathan saying, hey, we could get him to burn a timeout? And they did burn a timeout, and that was in the second half, and the Ux had no timeouts left. It, it, yeah. That was an important coaching move, I believe. I, I could go on, but I, I just... Uh, I revel. I, I'm I'm ready to listen to my fellow Beaver Nation out there. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks for the great six points, Merle. Thank you for the couple call. of things. Oregon lost a timeout when they couldn't get the play in in right. time, just prior to them having to, you know, the Beavers getting it. And they burned it. And I said yeah. to this this police officer I was standing next to, mm-hmm. I said, if they they're not going to have enough timeouts when the Beavers take knees. Yes, they didn't. And you were right. Open phones. Four nine seven fifty three fifty six. Your reaction to what you saw, and do you believe with Jack Buck? Can you believe what you just saw? Jack couldn't when Gibby homered. This was a different kind of. Can you believe what you just saw? How did you? 
what what's your in in a very real sense your take on all of it your experience of all of it and where does it rank in experiences as a fan of this program of Oregon State football through the years we just had Merle talk about he goes back to 77 what about for you long suffering 28 straight losing seasons some exhilarating moments along the way but a lot of painful ones too where does this one sort of sit in your queue of Moments, satisfying, thrilling, joyous games. Here's a guy that's been a very ardent fan since 1999, but knows his Beaver history very well. But he's been all in since then. He's been all in with us through the years on this show. And it's a pleasure to welcome Tumwater. Dave, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Thanks. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, That was a great call by Merle. I'm going to have to up my game in order to (laughs) to compete with that, not that it's a competition. But I've got six points, too, amazingly (laughs) enough. The whole day was just amazing, something I'll savor for as long as I live. Walking to the stadium, seeing the Duck Band and the Oregon State Band practicing on the practice field, and then when they they line up to to play the national anthem, I mean, there's just something about that. I got choked up. I'm thinking, this is just, uh, I'm there with my wife, who's a Duck fan, because my, my son had, had, had gotten sick, unfortunately. So uh, I'm thinking that famous line of Chris Schenkel, where would you rather be mm-hmm. than right here? Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of points that you mentioned uh, and Merle mentioned. I noticed that when things, I have seen fans leave Research Stadium midway through the second quarter when things look dire. Now, this was it, uh, early in the third, but I looked around like, half expecting mm-hmm. some of the snotty duck fans, and Merle's on an interesting point there. And I said to my wife at one point, if you want to know why a lot of people don't think duck, why duck fans are the least popular in the conference, look at this guy just down the aisle from us. That, like Merle said, a lot of sketchy people associate with that program. I've never seen anything remotely like that in Beaver Nation so so. So Merle's on to that one. No one left the game, Mike. Yeah. Look, bleak. Yeah. There are other things to do. Thanksgiving weekend, uh, 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 um, uh, people hung in there. Next. I've never seen a more, I've seen maybe more improbable athletic circumstances, and certainly teams have come from 21 points behind, mm-hmm. but never by just running the ball. <laughs> no. They just took the, they just took the playbook from the Ryan Nall 2016 mm-hmm. game and just ran it down the duck's throat. It, it was remarkable. In fact, they were so efficient even running the ball that I got concerned they had come back too soon. Well, yeah. Like, there's too much time left. <laughs> Can you imagine that? It took the Beavers you, about 11 minutes to score those 28 points. It was, it was remarkable. Now, in my, And TJ kind of set the tone with the post-game show, which went on for almost an hour and a half, <laughs> talking about meeting corporate goals and objectives, John. Uh, so I ranked it. Uh, you're, I wasn't there in 98, though my son was. That's why I became an Oregon State fan. I ranked this for the 2000 game only because there was more at stake in 2000. Mm-hmm. There was a lot at stake mm-hmm. uh, uh, last Saturday, but not quite as much as 2000. And let's be honest, those wins in 04 and 07, 16, and even 20, those weren't great duck teams. This was, other than 2000, this was the first Civil War victory where it really mattered to Oregon. They wanted to win that game because they had a, they had a path to the Rose Bowl, and, and that was foreclosed. Next, and I'm, I'm half, no more than halfway through. <laughs> I thought it, in the in the post game analysis that the two least 
the two unappreciated aspects of the of the comeback. That first hold on defense to force the Ducks into a field goal. Mike, that was huge. Yes. Because yes. Uh, it, 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 wasn't enough, it wasn't offensive production, but it kind of stemmed the tide a little mm-hmm. bit. I mm-hmm. thought that was important. And then when they that first down series to get so they could run out the clock, I mean, that was at my end of the field, my side of the field. I mean, that offensive line, I mean, <laughs> it was, you knew that the Ducks knew and we knew these were going to be three running plays right. to settle the game, perhaps. Yep. They knew what was coming. We weren't going to deviate from the run. And, uh, and even I had you in my earbuds at that point. And, by, because, and this is not a criticism, but because of my placement, I could see that Fenwick had gotten the first down before you and, and, John, yeah. and Jim were able to discern it. Uh, it was it was uh, it was uh, just great, but my my concluding point, and I mentioned this in the post game show, and I I hope Sarah Elcano was listening, but that and Jim mentioned it in the post game show, the decision to hand out those cowboy hats <laughs> to the student section, just pure marketing genius. Yes, and uh, and after the game, as I was regaling TJ. I thought to myself, I got to get one of those hats, but just to put on my mantle, maybe wear it uh, uh, to a game sometime in the future. Here's, it. I offered, I, I knew better than to offer a student who had just one hat to buy it from him. But I saw three students who had two or three of those hats, <laughs> and I offered them twenty bucks, no dice. I said, I'll give you fifty for one. They did not hesitate in their rejection of my oh offer, my gosh. which told wow. me. That was that was a meet. Those are already collectible items. Yes. And John, I, I got, just got a quick word out to your dear spouse Kim, who's been able to finagle some things. If she can get me one of those hats, I'll take you guys out for dinner every weekend. I'm down here. It would Park be a Valley. miracle. I don't know how she could do it. Uh, hey, Dave. Those are. Let's talk further about moments and plays and and all of that as we go this week. We want to open the the lines to many and, and get to texts as we go. As always, your points are well taken. Thank you for sharing them with us. Glad you had a great time. And uh, yeah, I'm glad you saw Fenwick get it. I hope you can understand from that angle where we are sitting at the at the 15 at the other end of the field. Yeah. That's awfully difficult oh. to see. And I, I had to wait. And with the officials, our officials, you never know. They were late on calling touchdowns on quarterback sneaks again. They were late on a lot of stuff. John's already talked about the spot gate revisited down at the five <laughs> with Damian Martinez in the first half. So I just I couldn't be sure until I, you know, kind of saw the officials say in the chains move that Fenwick had gotten it. But once he'd gotten it, then those aforementioned orange hats, people, students started to throw them to some of the players in the, on the sideline who were starting to put them on as the final seconds ticked off. It was a thing of beauty. Two of my favorite words just in closing. I've been watching the 1960 world series, the, uh, the pirates, mm-hmm. of course the pirates won game seven, but they won game six with a big comeback. And I remember the announcer saying, there's pandemonium in the stadium. <laughs> and that's what it was. Yeah. It was pan- I have never seen, uh, not since the Cal game, Mike and John, have I seen Oregon State fans transported to a different <laughs> place and circumstance with joy as they were that afternoon. Yeah. It was just something I'll never forget. Beautiful. Well, what better way to spend an autumn afternoon? No doubt. Thank you, Dave. Did Great you talking to you. the guy with the, uh, the hats 
10 feet high. Stacked up? No, I didn't. There's a nice shot yeah, of it. My neighbor just texted me this. I saw him, uh, at least on the TV. Well, replay. I bet he's making some money. Well, I mean, he would have he would have given Dave one for 20 He would bucks. have, probably. I saw, as we're going to get John in and another call and then take a break and continue throughout the day, and I dare say a few more days on this one, the musical question that I asked on the postgame show after hearing the highlight reel, Elton John's line from uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road came to mind. Not the song as a whole, but the line itself. When are you going to come down, he sings. Well, not yet. Not for a while. Oh, that's right. Maybe never. That's right. Games are long, and the Beavers hung in and got short field. You know, people are talking about the mistakes that Oregon made, and Oregon gave it. But, yeah, there's, there's an element of that. You always need a little bit of good fortune, and the other guy needs to contribute a little bit, too, in that type of comeback. But I will even suggest, John, that as much as people get on their punter for dropping the snap at the goal line, and right. they should, right. I guess, right. but the Beavers had overwhelmed him, swarmed him, mm-hmm. swamped him on the punt block earlier. So that's to the Beavers' credit for creating yeah. an element of uh, fear, uh, fear right. and doubt. Right. And, right. oh, I hope I, I better get this off. That's because of what the Beavers did Absolutely. earlier. So that's not just a total lucky play. That's a play that got into that guy's head. Especially since he was backed up to the goal yes. line. All of that. Absolutely. Yep. Let's go to John on the downward dog phone line. John, good morning thank you for the call morning mike and john i have three real quick comments the beavers didn't win because the ducks gave it away right. yeah they made the ducks made mistakes they won because the ducks couldn't stop the running game exactly simply out physical or had more will or whatever that's one thing second thing um on the uh, i watched uh, the post-game interview with the, the duck coach with dan lanning mm-hmm and I also watched his face during the game. But when they started getting behind, I have never seen a coach look so much like a deer in the headlights. And oh. if you watch his post-game interview, he just almost seems overwhelmed. Like, he didn't know what hit him, either during the game or afterward. When, on the other hand, when the Beavers were down, what, 34-17 or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. Jonathan Smith looked just the same as he did when they were ahead earlier in the game. True. So, you know, I think there's a difference in the coaching. I think the coaching does make a difference. Lastly, and I just more of a question than anything else, on that that obvious uh, misplacement of the ball down near the goal line, yeah. yes, clearly he didn't make the first down, but he was within three or four inches of it. No question about it. Right. But I don't know if you noticed, the referee announced after they had looked at the after Smith had asked him to look at the ball, and and he announced it. He said, he said that, you know, beforehand and afterward, that Smith had asked to see if it was a first down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they simply look at it and they saw it wasn't the first down. They don't take into account the fact that it was also misplaced, right? You know, this misspotted, right. and that's what they just what they what they declined. And and if they did. And they knew that the ball was misspotted. It wasn't their responsibility to put it in the right place, even if Jonathan Smith didn't use those words. Well, yeah, absolutely. I think Jonathan was questioning the spot in general, whether or not the language of isn't that a first down. I think he he didn't like the way the ball was spotted. Right. And, John, your point about it was interesting. We can, we'll exaggerate forever what Mark Duddy, the white hat, said. Mm-hmm. But it almost had the feel of, Upon further review, the call on the field is confirmed. Yes, yes. Uh, that's yes. how it felt in the moment. It did, it did. And, <laughs> and there were a few other calls that I felt a, a, some smugness. And I thought, this is, 
I know. They're engineering something here. It it, it, it didn't feel good or feel right. No, the, it, it was didn't. third and fourth down yes. at the five-yard line. That was very wrong. Yeah, the, both spots were, I thought, poorly Like by poorly a yard done. and a half. Yeah, I don't know if I go quite well, that far. But on they the third certainly, down, yeah. the knee was at the four yeah. and a half, so the ball had to have been at the three and a half. It was ridiculous. Hey, John, is that you know anything else for you, sir? I, well, if they're engineering things, they're not doing a very good job of it because this it was no. so obvious on TV that it mis- misplaced it. Do these guys <laughs> think uh, nobody's watching the game or yeah. something? Or? Well, they, they took their cues from the rest. game in Seattle last uh, right. last year, That's 2020. Right. Thanks right. for the call. Let's go to uh, Paul before we break. We've got to get some business taken care of. We hope to hear from you throughout the show today on your thoughts on the 126th edition of this rivalry game, where it ranks, how you took it in, your thoughts as the game proceeded, et cetera. Paul, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. And uh, I'm with Dave. Uh, I would have turned to Larry and said something, but uh, poor Larry, he left after it was 31 to 10. But I kept on talking and saying to myself, because Larry wasn't there, plenty of time left. I said, we can certainly turn this around. And I just kept on thinking, I thinking that, not saying it out loud, but yeah. anyway, as it turned out, of course. But I got three points. Number one, every time the Beavers kicked off to the Ducks, when the Ducks were lined up on our end of the field, you know, uh, towards the scoreboard, Mark Duddy would stand there with his arm on the guy's shoulder pad talking to the Duck like they were best friends. And I thought, man, that's really? pretty strange. And, I mean, it was weird. Yeah, that I didn't and, notice that, but wow. Okay, keep going. And I mean, I, I, it just it didn't set right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And this crew behind Mothershed is the second worst crew that the Pac-12 has <laughs> doing games. Well, yeah. <laughs> number, number two, the backup center. Our offensive line lost absolutely no continuity when uh, the backup center came in. Uh, Miller, what? is that right? I think it's Miller. Miller, 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 I think. No, no. In fact, it, it, it didn't miss a beat, honestly. And which is, you know, Levin Good's great. We want to keep him, hope he gets better. But no, it got stronger, it seemed. Well, I won't say that. It's just that the game, the running game got stronger as the game moved along, despite the fact that, uh, that he was, he was in there. You're absolutely right. Exactly. I think that's something that's lost this line play. And my third point, never have I ever seen a defense with no safeties or corners on the field. When we stopped them in the last drive at the three-yard line, we had all linebackers and linemen. All right? (laughs) I've never seen a defense like that. And then on third down, they send number three out as a wide receiver on the right side, and one of the linebackers pointed to Jack Coletto. Coletto goes out to cover the guy. Huh. <laughs> you know, you don't, he's a cover corner now. And <laughs> it, but we we stopped him on third down. Then they brought their regular offense back out. But I thought those were. I mean, that was an unbelievable stop there. I've always thought that our defensive line was kind of light, but I can guarantee you. They're pretty doggone strong if they stop that running game three times in a row. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Tanner Miller, 6'1", 280-pound redshirt sophomore. He came out. Well, he he gets a game ball in my estimation. 
Yeah, he he well, he did a great job. Uh, we got a break. Thanks for the call, Paul. Mike had to step out for just a second. Uh, Dave is uh, holding on the line. We'll get to Dave when we come back. Thirty-eight, thirty-four. It's so much to talk about to break it down, and a few other things. David Shaw, that shocked me. Others have smugly said, "No, that doesn't surprise me." I can make a case for it being shocking. Back after this on twelve forty Joe Radio. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541-758-8. Two four five Edward Jones, member SIPC. If you're fed up with dirty grout lines, maybe it's time to consider Cultured Marble. Hi, I'm Katie Albin at Albin's Plumbing in Corvallis. Cultured Marble is an affordable way to get the look of marble, and the best part is no grout lines. Affordable and easy to maintain. Come by our showroom on 9th Street in Corvallis and see the beautiful look of Cultured Marble. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282. What's your power like today? Are you driving a powerful vehicle or are you just getting there? Fall and winter is coming and Power Honda in Albany has the CRV, Pilot, HRV, Odyssey, Passport SUVs, Ridgeline trucks, and over a thousand pre-owned vehicles to choose from to help you get to where you're going this fall and winter. So come, experience the power at Power Honda in Albany or go to mypowerhonda.com. Why is Woodstock's Pizza all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people? Because no matter who you are or where you're from, you can create the perfect pizza at Woodstock's. So you can choose from over 35 fresh toppings, four made fresh daily crust options, several cheese options, including vegan and dairy-free, and six sauce options, including vegan and dairy-free, all to go along with your choice of dine-in, takeout, or delivery to most of Corvallis. So Woodstock's Pizza is all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people. Woodstock's Pizza, Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. In sports, it's important to have a talented starting lineup. The same is true if you need some advice with personal or business tax planning or just some help with strategy. See the starting lineup at Tax and Wealth Management, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, or Robert Berry. They have the experience you need to successfully execute the game plan every time. They'd also like to take this moment to wish all of their clients and friends a very safe and joyous holiday season. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. Have you been putting off that remodeling project? Have you finally decided to take a leap and get it done? For over 30 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, wood and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands that you know, love and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering and go Beebs. Let's continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Keep an eye, Doc, on the University Honda text line. Oh, I imagine that we, we need to, uh, we thank you for taking the time to share your thoughts via the text line. And as I said, I, I get a feeling that tonight's going to be a good night. That that it's gonna 
take more than just today on the Joe Beaver show to sort of come down and decompress and keep dealing with the big moments and plays. I am curious about how you took the game in, whether in person, whether on television, whether on the radio, driving around, you couldn't be at the game, you couldn't watch the game, you tuned me in, you tuned in and, oh boy, we must be losing. And then you heard me say the score. Oh yeah, I could tell you were really down. Yeah, I was. I'm not going to say I'm sitting here. Hey, remember, Jonathan said the games are long. All is well. We're going to be fine. I didn't feel fine. Did Did you you feel fine? Nobody felt fine. Did you do this? I think I may have had one to 10. Yeah, we go to break. Oregon 31, Beavers 10 (laughs) on the Beaver Sports Network. I I, I mean, it felt that way. I didn't. I didn't. You didn't. Because there was too much time. There was. And I thought, you know, if they can do this. I did have a cutoff point, but it hadn't hit yet. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, it was close. The Damian Martinez 43-yarder put yeah. him over 100 and yards there was a for the sixth straight. And the return by Bolden to midfield with a 15-yarder tacked on. Yes. Now you've got yes. a 36-yard field. Yes. I knew. I knew right then. Okay. Then the drop punt, two-yard field. Yeah. Only one long drive in the 28 points. But I, I must admit I felt that despondent at the, the pick. Yeah, and the return the down to the return. Yeah. No, I know. It was tough, but credit and think about the team. Think about the games the Beavers have persevered in this year in yeah. the fourth quarter. Stanford, Fresno State. This, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's go to Dave, and we hope to hear from many of you throughout the day, and I, I would think through the week. Dave, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Man, it's a great day. <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, I, I. I got pretty despondent, and not because the, the the fact that we might lose the game was a, I was more upset that that we looked like we were getting rolled up, and and uh, mm-hmm. you know everybody even on both sides had pretty much decided it was going to be a good game, a close game, and I thought, oh man, they're mm-hmm. they're not even competing at this point, and I thought it might get out of hand like Utah did, and they. They bounced back, and that was the other thing I told my buddy. I said, "Man, if we can't pass the ball, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think we can win this." I don't, because at that point, the Ucks they were they were playing pretty decent run defense, sure, um, on us, and and we weren't in those two interceptions. It, they, they looked bad. They didn't even. I mean, I know we don't want to talk negative, but those two passes that that Gold Branson threw interceptions for, they weren't even close. Mm-hmm. So, I was, I was, I was pretty despondent as you said um i didn't i didn't think that the answer was run the ball for <laughs> and run the ball and run the ball straight and run the ball <laughs> right. and just the things that had to come together to make it happen right i mean you've got a, a field goal that bounces at the one yard line straight up in the air the guy's got to field it instead mm-hmm. of having it at the 25 right. right you've got you know the the pluter drops drops the punt you know mm-hmm. Uh, just everything that happened, it just, uh, those are guys that just kept believing and kept, kept playing and kept going for it. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, that says a lot about the way they were coached. And, uh, you know, let's not forget that. It, and I'm glad you said it earlier, Mike, those referees. Now I won't even talk about the spot, but the times that we got in the end zone on those rushes, how long did it take them to throw their <laughs> hands up? Because I, on that last touchdown, yeah, there was nobody outside of the end zone. The ball was four yards deep. There was nobody that even had a foot outside of the end zone. 
and the hands still weren't up. I don't even understand how that happens, other yeah. than they're just completely incompetent. <laughs> hey, Dave, before we go, we'll it's move just, on. It's just yeah. bewildering. Yeah. They, the, how about yeah. how about the Bengal brand, the pushes? If yeah. if it's legal, and I heard Rod Gilmore yeah. complain a little bit about oh, the days of the push, and then Fleming was wise enough to remember that USC got away with a push that won them the game here. That's right. Caleb Williams not got away with it. It's legal. So if it's legal, they may have to change the rule or go back to something or whatever. But a play now in the Beavers' attack is motion velling to the quarterback. And then Jack pushes him Jack, in. It's yes. the Jack Velling push play. I like it as long as it's legal. Do it. Yeah. If 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 you had to tell me after the USC game that we were going to beat the Ducks the same way on twice twice with the push, <laughs> I, I would take that trade any day. Yeah, I think three any times. Day. Yeah, I think on one of those touchdowns there was a, a late push. Uh, on three, t- the two Goldbranson sneaks and maybe one of the Newell touchdowns where he got pushed kind of on in. How about Isaiah Newell? Here we are talking yeah, about Isaiah Newell scoring two yeah, touchdowns yeah. to help the Beavers win the game great in terms of the that. culture and the next man up mentality. Dave, great to talk to you, sir. Let's talk again later in the week. Thank you for the call. Doug, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Oh, thank you. Well, I would say this one uh, is right up there with 98 and 2000. I'm not going to repeat my uh, the points I made in the text I sent earlier, but I just want to make one point. And I want to recognize the athletic department um, for building that family atmosphere. And one of the key ways we do that is celebrating with the team after the game. So, you know, whether it's basketball or football, allowing fans onto the court or onto the field is really sweet. Um, unfortunately, something went wrong Saturday night yeah. uh, when the Duck player did what he did. And, and I understand those guys are keyed up and they're, they're disappointed. I know the feeling of being disappointed, but still. But here's what I want to say about that. We got home. And uh, then we learned what had happened. Our grandsons were down on the field, but we didn't know that it happened. And uh, we saw that on KEZI. And the first thing out of the sportscaster's mouth was, there's always an opportunity for something to go wrong when you let the fans onto the field. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, how ironic is that to say that thing when it was their person, their player, who caused the problem? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, there is, there's a fine line here. The, the part of the reason that programs, I, I can ask Scott Barnes or Sarah at some point, we, we may have an impromptu session with Sarah before the week's out on the phone anyway, just to congratulate her and the marketing team for the hats and the stroke of genius, those orange cowboy hats. That was a beautiful touch. But I think there still may be, Doug, fines levied for storming the field, but it's not peculiar to Oregon State. Almost every, every school it seems to allow it, and I, I enjoy it. I love it. On the other hand, there, the, the KZI reporter is correct in the respect that when that does occur, I was looking a little bit nervously, to be honest with you, at the end of that game. A highly emotional game, an unbelievable comeback by the Beavers, a thrilling, exhilarating finish, and the Oregon players say for one of them, I think, did the best they could to kind of weave their way through that mob and get off the field. And, you know, and then I saw some players for the Beavers and Oregon both kind of hugging and talking it out in different sections away from the big crowd at midfield. For the most part, 
it was peaceable. But for the also, though, there is a chance, the reporter is not incorrect to say, there is a chance something can go wrong, and unfortunately, uh, something did, at least with respect to one player. Yeah, I think perhaps, and, and it would take some restraint by all of us, but I think that could be um, navigated. So, of course, what they do at basketball is they say, I think there's a, a couple minutes, and then they allow the mingling to occur. Right. Perhaps with football, if they made an announcement, you know, please stay off the field for two minutes after yeah. the game. Yeah. You know, let the players kind of do their um, whatever they want to do, you know, team to team. That that should happen, and it should happen without being impeded. But um, anyway, I would just hate to see anything change in terms of those opportunities for us. Thanks for the call, sir. Great to talk to you. Appreciate it. Let's take a break. We'll come back with Paul Rents. We hope to come back with many of you. Get to some texts as well. Trying to process it all. And where does this one sit in your lifelong experiences at Parker slash Reeser and is a longtime Beaver fan? Would love to hear from you at 497 5356 1240 Joe Radio. Get a great deal on versatile Kubota equipment today, like Kubota BX and L-Series compact tractors. Part of Kubota's tractor lineup rated number one in durability and owner experience. Plus, C-Series mowers and sidekick utility vehicles. Stop by Lynn Benton Tractor today and bring home the Kubota L2501 tractor for $0 down, 0% APR, plus save up to $1,000 now through December 31st. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more more details. Get the Mexican-inspired craze you'll crave at Qdoba Mexican Eats with new brisket birria. We're talking tender, shredded beef, slow-cooked for 10 hours in chili and garlic, infusing the authentic flavors of the popular Mexican street food. Top your favorite entree or try the quesabirria quesadilla or burrito. Brisket birria layered with their signature three-cheese queso. From Mexico to food trucks and now to your plate, get in on the birria craze and order today at Qdoba.com. Have you been putting off that remodeling project? Have you finally decided to take a leap and get it done? For over 30 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, wood and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands that you know, love and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering and go Beeves. In sports, it's important to have a talented starting lineup. The same is true if you need some advice with personal or business tax planning or just some help with strategy. See the starting lineup at Tax and Wealth Management, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, or Robert Berry. They have the experience you need to successfully execute the game plan every time. They'd also like to take this moment to wish all of their clients and friends a very safe and joyous holiday season. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. What's your power like today? Are you driving a powerful vehicle or are you just getting there? Fall and winter is coming and Power Honda in Albany has the CRV, Pilot, HRV, Odyssey, Passport SUVs, Ridgeline trucks, and over a thousand pre-owned vehicles to choose from to help you get to where you're going this fall and winter. So come experience the power at Power Honda in Albany or go to mypowerhonda.com. 
It's Medicare open enrollment time. See the Medicare specialists at Rhodes Warden Insurance Agency. Look at all the 2022 plan choices, including prescription drug plans and Medicare Advantage. This is your time to see if you can find a lower premium and extra benefits. Open enrollment starts October 15th and ends December 7th. Call now to make an appointment. Since 1961, Rhodes Warden Insurance Agency, Lebanon, Albany, and Staten, or RhodesWardenINS.com. Brooks called. I'm sorry we couldn't. Brooks, there's time now. If you jump in, we'll get Paul. If you're out there, he, he had to go, he said. But I, Brooks Hatch, who has been around these things and is a true historian of oh, the sport. Yeah, Brooks, time. give us a call. We'll, uh, ha- we'll get you on right after we visit with Paul Rents, who's been around these things a while, too, calling us on the Downward Dog phone line. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. My uh, Saturday, I had long-term plans that uh, I was going to be frustrated about because I'm watching national TV and, gee, the Michigan games can be on the same time as the Beavers games. Well, then I realized, okay, no, they're talking East Coast time. Mm -hmm. The game's going to start at 9. It's going to be a wonderful Saturday watching college football. And so I'm getting ready to turn on the game and poof, no power. (laughs) (laughs) I'm following the Michigan game just by ESPN's, you know, little uh, yeah. game watch thing or whatever they call it, you know, where the sure. it's like watching a, a pong uh, video game, you know. It's, yeah. The little football flies along, and then okay, well, you know, and it, so at least I'm keeping up with the score, but I can't, I can't watch it, partly because I don't have internet without power, mm-hmm. so I can't do the in-home watching anything on Xfinity because I don't have home internet running. Mm-hmm. It says I'm in the house, you know. <laughs> so it was it was a frustrating start to the day. Yes, so yes. That, and then you know I'm thinking, well, can I? How can I watch the Beaver game? Well, I even posted on Facebook to let other people know that if they were without power, that at least through the ESPN app, you know, ABC, uh, ESPN, they, they must have some kind of fellowship. But I I could watch the game on my phone. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's not a whole lot of fun, but at least I could do that. Yes. So I was listening to you, Mike, and watching that on the, on the phone. And and I think even at one point, my wife says, oh, just give up. You know, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and then we finally got power back. And I said, well, at least I could watch it on the TV. I'll turn it on, you know. So I turn it on, and I'm going like, hmm. And I think when they got it to 14 points, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking, this is getting interesting. But I think... And I forget when the interception happened. Wasn't there a play where the Beavers got the ball back on something, and then there was the interception? Well, yeah, they'd come up with a fourth down stop, I think, and then on the very next play threw an interception. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was like, oh, come on. And that may have been the point where I I still was probably watching on my phone. And uh, so, you know, I turn it back on, and I'm kind of listening to you and watching the broadcast. But even the national guys were going, hey, no spots. That's, that's yeah. just not right. You know? yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't just like you saying it in a biased view. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> everybody was saying those spots were wrong. Yes, know? they sure did. So, oh, yeah. So it was just frustrating and things like that. But the way that Beavers could run the ball, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And some of those calls that Dan Lanning was doing, you know, going for a fourth and six, I mean, it was just like, Come on, you know, but 
you have to credit the Beavers, no matter what the Ducks did, that they could run the ball, run the yes. ball, run the ball, yep. and not worry about trying to pass. Shades of 96. Hey, Paul, we're going to get Brooks Hatch, who snuck a call in here, too. Thank you so much for uh, for reminding us of the power outage story in that angle, which we'll get to as we go. Brooks, thank you for the call. Welcome to the show. Great to hear from you. Thank you. I would like to take credit for this win. When it was 31 to 10, I got up and moved out of my seat, moved up to the concourse in the upper deck after grabbing a beverage, which I hope was going to help me console myself, and just started screaming, let's go, after almost every play. Wow. And then the game the game changed. And also, I think it, it might have changed pretty soon after they played Miley Cyrus. Yes, it did. I mean, I mean. I don't know Miley Cyrus from Cyrus Vance, mm-hmm. but it, it it fired up the crowd. And once the thing got going, the crowd had kind of gone out of it a little bit. Yeah. But then we got it to thirty-one seventeen, and then the crowd started going crazy again. And so you know that's the greatest civil war I've ever seen. Yeah. I've seen every one since nineteen eighty four. I mean, 2098, you know, those were great games, but you never thought we were going to lose those games. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, they were close. Yes. This one is 31 to 10. It's, it's over, but it wasn't over. Mm. So to, to me, this is the greatest civil war I've seen since 1984. Brooks, thank you, and thanks for rallying everybody up with the beverage in hand and let's go. I'm glad to know what was the key, and we know now. Thanks for calling us, Brooks. Good to hear from you. Thanks, Brooks. That's a great visualization. It is, and you do what you got to do. And, you know, the one thing I I will say, the greatest comeback in the history of the rivalry game, and I believe it is, if I'm not mistaken, and I'd have to go back and read Kerry's book, and I don't think I brought Kerry's book with me, but I, I have it with me during the the week because it's the authority i mean it's mm-hmm. the authoritative book the civil war rivalry by Kerry eggers what's the last one and he goes through the 2013 game mm-hmm. so as i said he needs to add a, an addendum or yes. a whole book on this game alone or <laughs> that's the the thing about books like that you know i mean the, the, you require going. yeah i mean the rivalry c- continued after 2013 yeah and it's we a great had book. The, I have it too. It's a great book, and one of the great chapters ever in the history of the rivalry just took place, and requires its own book or, or an addendum by Kerry or an enterprising writer to try to put this one together and in perspective. And someone will, and it'll end up being anthologized. As people have said, Jonathan said rightly, "This is a game we'll remember for a long time." Mm. Well, he's right. In fact, oh, we'll yeah. never forget it. No. In fact, no. As, as long as we have functioning memories at all, and I know that I'm going to begin to worry about myself whenever I come to the age when somebody says, Parker, you were there for that 2022 game. Uh, what what I happened? Know, yeah, one? I mean, it, well, oh, the rally? and I, What rally? Yeah. If I start doing that, John, I, I know, know it's, it's I time. Know. So I, I'm, I'm fearful of it, fearful of all those things for all of us, and so, so true and painfully true and sad. But we're not, you know, I'm not, you're not, we're not. Collectively, we, we remember what happened on Saturday. We will never forget it. But in 98, I think the Beavers were down 31-17 to 17 in that fourth quarter. We'll talk about it next hour. Roll tape, please. Here's the microphone. Is this, on? this is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240. 
Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with your money now. Worries that China's strict COVID policies will hurt the world's second largest economy are knocking U.S. stocks lower today. The major index is all down more than one and a quarter percent. The S&P 500 down 80 points right now, or make that 59 points. The Dow Industrials lower by 466. The Nasdaq has skidded 167. Later today, investors will monitor separate speaking engagements from St. Louis Fed President James Bullard and New York Fed President John Williams for potential clues about their outlook for interest rates and the U.S. economy overall. The IRS is reminding tax filers to prepare to report transactions of at least $600 made through so-called third-party facilitators. Facilitators make that, such as Venmo and PayPal. The agency warning business owners earning $600 or more per year on payments that are received through apps like Zelle, Cash App, Venmo, and PayPal to file a tax form known as Form 1099-K. That's your money now. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickness of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N. For auto glass solutions, better call a glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glass Man. Let me fix the crack in your glass. For windshield repair, call me first. For auto glass solutions, better call a glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. At Lassen Toyota, we believe in going the extra mile by providing those little extras that make your life easier, like online scheduling so you can pick the day and time that's most convenient for you, and courtesy rides to and from your home or workplace. We even honor our competitors' coupons whenever possible. Lassen Toyota services vehicles, but serves people. Schedule your service appointment today at LassenToyota.com, just east of I-5 on Highway 20 in Albany. Hi, I'm Dennis Overs, the golf guru, with another Golf Minute to help you hit your driver higher and longer. To hit your drives with more carry, which will get you more distance, you gotta like that. You should be behind the ball and impact, which will help you hit your ball on the upswing. But keep in mind, it's not easy to get behind something you weren't behind at the start. To get and stay behind the ball, take your normal driver's stance, then move your right foot a step away from the target so your feet remain square to your target line, but wider apart. If you're a left-handed player, then you'd move your left foot, of course. This foot adjustment places your head further behind the ball. Just set up in front of a mirror and shift your right foot and watch your head move a little further back of the ball where it needs to be. So remember, if you want to hit it higher and longer for more distance, and who doesn't, get your head behind the ball from the beginning. 
for the Golf Minute. I'm Dennis Silvers. This is Staples. So rumor has it that Staples has everything I need to ship. Mm -hmm. We have all the shipping supplies and services you need. Boxes? Yep. Mailers? Yeah. And we have UPS here in store. What will Staples think of next? (laughs) Right? No, seriously, I'm asking, what what will they think of next? Staples is your one-stop shipping destination. Now get 50% off shipping boxes, mailers, or tubes when you buy five of the same item in-store or online with one-hour pickup. Staples, the best-kept secret in shipping. Ends 1231. Exclusions apply. Visit staplesconnect.com slash shipping for details. Ew, gotta get rid of this old Backstreet Boys t-shirt. Tell me why. Because it stinks, boys. Tell me why. I've washed it so many times, but the odor won't come out. Tell me why. No, you tell me why I can't get rid of this odor. Have you tried new Downy Rinse and Refresh? It doesn't just cover up odors. It helps remove them. Wow, it worked, guys. Yeah. Downy Rinse and Refresh removes more odor in one wash than the leading value detergent in three washes. Find it wherever you buy laundry products. Hello. 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 Let's hear a story. Someone somewhere a long time ago made a suggestion to a kid in L.O. You ought to go on the radio. But everybody knows. Take two to make a radio program. Down south, the Rao River kid wasn't so sure and still isn't. I'm just a country boy. I ain't even sure I want to stay in this dang old radio business. Ah, but stay, they both did and met up in the Mid-Valley 20 years ago with a compulsion to tell them about the beavers in Corvallis and beyond. Tell them in Eugene, Albany, Salem, tell them! And in Jervis and Amity and Shedd and Lewisburg. Ah, but not just for today. Why are those radio programs every week? Have you a radio program coming in right now? Yes, but a reminder. Life's so Yes, call now, because the Joe Beaver Show is on the air on 1240 Joe Radio. The second hour of the Joe Beaver Show. Open phones on the Downward Dog phone line. A lot of texts. 497-5356. Let's get some texts lined up, and Johnny, while I visit with Doug, maybe you can do a little editing. I'm going to bring Doug, whom I saw last night at the Child Center. It's been an interesting week. For all of us in life. But I will say yours truly up and down I-5. Up and down Thursday. Basketball. Great effort by the Beavers against Duke. Friday basketball. Pretty good finish against Florida. Last night a tough night against Portland State. Doug was there. That's how faithful of a Beaver fan he is. He doesn't miss much of anything. He was at the Child Center late last night for the Beavers in Portland State. And I asked Doug from Salem, to please call in today and share his football game thoughts and other ruminations. And here he is on the Downward Dog phone line. We'll get to some texts in a second as well. Doug, it was nice to see you last night. Thank you for your support of the Bees, and thanks for calling us today. What's on your mind, Doug? Yeah, I had a hard time even finding out that there was a ball game at the Child Center last night. I was able to uh, finally find out it was a Child Center. I would not have gone to the Moto Center, but because it was out at the bluff, you know, mm-hmm. I decided, you know, take the trip up there and see it because I didn't anticipate very, very many people at the game. It turned out to be a pretty good game before our game, but it was our game went kind of bad. But uh, that's, so uh, it was a uh, kind of you know, disappointing basketball game. But I, I hope the youngsters will get better. You know, so that that was kind of a. Yes. You know, we, we lost to Portland State twice now, I and mean, we've never lost to them before. So, uh, yes. 
Portland State's a good team. They are. They're, they're for real. They are. They'll they'll be good in the Big Sky. And Wayne Tinkle said, out of out of his way almost last night in his post game comments, he said they're better than we are right now. They're 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 better. He said they're better players. They're better coach. They're better. They're just better. We got a lot to work on. And you don't hear coaches say that too often, but. He was taking some accountability and ownership and saying, we got to look ourselves in the mirror and get back to work. And Wayne's a worker. Wayne's got a young team, a very young team, and there's some flashes from all of them that I really like, Doug. And think there are better days ahead. But that was a, a tough lesson last night. They competed very well against Duke. They had a great chance to win it inside of a minute to play. So that's who they can be. Now they've just got to, to go to work to find more consistency. And and I think you know, there, there are some better days ahead, but... Wayne and the guys will take that one pretty hard from last night. So what about football, Doug, and your experience of that uh, rivalry game Saturday? Well, when, when we threw the interceptions, I thought, here we go. You know, again, you know, Southern Cal and Utah, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to lose the game if we keep, keep doing that, you know. And then, uh, then after the whole, you know, the fiasco with the officials and the spots, you know, spot gate thing, you know, that was, we could have been up. What seventeen to seven? You know, yes. Ten point lead, and we're on our way. You know, going to win this game easily. You know, and the officials gotten in. You know, they they messed up, and then all of a sudden the ducks are rolling over. As I was just sitting at my little sports bar table, you know, I, I was in a daze. You know, I mean, here we here we are. <laughs> They're hammering us. You know, and I just thought, oh, I have to, you know, just sit here and take it for yes. another, you know, hour. You know, yes. And then magic happened. You know, uh, that they start. You know, going crazy, and and Ducks couldn't stop the running game. My my cousin, I, I, well, a little side story. My cousin had he has a a son who I won't even mention his his son's first name, but uh, he he has a he, his son was able to get a ticket for the game. It's probably the first game he ever saw at Research Stadium in, in Corvallis. So probably a, a, a you know <laughs> one of the worst moments in his life so far. <laughs> you know, he was way up there, way, way yeah. high in, in the uh, upper east section, and I had, and I haven't heard anything back from him or or, or his son or their wife. His wife is a gem, you know. Yes, yes. It'll probably take him two or three weeks to get over that, you know. So, um, <laughs> but it's just amazing how we just kept, you know, running after him. And the Duck fans, I've been watching their 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 websites. Yes. And they're just getting over their coats about that fourth and uh, yeah. two decision at the at the thirty yard line. It was just uh, they're just hammering him, you know, they're, they're blaming him. He's earning his money right now. I know that, <laughs> which is quite a lot. <laughs> so uh, that was <clears throat> it was just an amazing thing, and uh, and uh, just uh, I I I'm I shouldn't be want, wanting to watch it at a sports bar, but instead of being there in person, but it's just. It's just so convenient, you know. This is a an eight by by five TV screen, and it's just a fantastic view of the TV. And uh, you know, it's just uh, you get you know your nice drinks are brought to you and food and everything. Yeah. Just it's yeah. nicer, you know, in a sense, you know. I understand. Especially if it's raining. Anyway, it was it's just an unbelievable game, and and it's the best best comeback I've ever seen in a Civil War football game. Yeah, I oh, think that's thing I was yeah. on, on Wednesday, you were talking about the Civil War nomenclature, and you're saying you need a trophy, you know, for this thing. 
Well, I they didn't say it, but, but go that, ahead. Yeah. It resides in the in, in the uh, Gil Coliseum trophy case, and it's a chat sort thing. Already has a den in it, you know. <laughs> when Dick Carter tried to kill a cheerleader, so we already have a trophy from the Civil War football game. <laughs> hey, Doug, good to talk to you. Thank you for the call. Not we're sure getting about the a lot of there, we're getting but... a lot of characterizations today from fans <laughs> about the people down there, and they don't. And uh, Helder <laughs> tried to kill a cheerleader. I think we're getting a little. I, I don't know. I mean, it, there is no love lost, clearly. And for the, the poor young person or person, the son, whose name we won't mention, I thought, was he talking about Ducky Medwick or somebody? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean I, I, you know, so I'm not sure what the name was or why he didn't want to say it or identify him well, publicly. Well, he's a duck. Right. Yeah. So he didn't want to say his name, but I, I don't want to say his first name. And again, I thought, it must be Ducky Medwick or some <laughs> descendant of Ducky. <laughs> but whatever the case... We, we are getting sort of <laughs> some of the characterizations and generalizations about the fan base and right, the fans right. and this and that. And they don't, I, we, I don't know about some of it seems a little unfair to me and I'm not sure Harder tried to kill Rick Kooten. <laughs> yeah, I guess Rick could have been hurt he, much more seriously than he was when Harder stuck the leg out and tripped him in what he Harder himself called the Bushes thing anybody's ever done anywhere at any time, <laughs> which is not reaction. an exaggeration and a terrible thing to do. <laughs> but I don't think he was trying to kill him with I malice aforethought. No, I'm uh, sure not. Open, a couple of things. Look, I want to introduce a few yes. things, not necessarily to talk about, but I do have questions. If we do get a chance to do some kind of a sessions with Sarah, yes. I'd be fascinated to learn what was happening in the time of the power outage when we were yes. told by Pacific Power, 3 o'clock. Contingency plans, yes. or was Reeser ever fully affected? That I don't know. I would love to know that. If any of you do know, Sarah, if you're listening, we can do an impromptu session with Sarah and give you great love and plaudits, as has already happened for the orange cowboy hats uh, presented by your local Toyota dealers. What a great idea. Yeah. But was Reeser ever out? Somebody said, I mean, oh, Reeser was, was effect uh, not affected, that they... May that's why the tailgate show, uh, the pregame show that we normally do from the Beaver Block Party, Shacker and company said, we're moving over to Reeser because they have power and they have Internet. And now, Gil didn't. And, and in front of Gil at the Beaver Block Party, we didn't and you right. didn't in the OSU Beaver store. Right. But I, I've not talked. It had settled down enough by the time right. we were in it's, our pregame show within Reeser I never asked anybody, hey, were you without power, and was the game going to be moved to Pro Throw Field? <laughs> no, and, and um, we had a good hour, a little over an hour's, well, no, about an hour's worth the show left when yeah. the power finally came back on. Right. So I'd be curious to know about that. Here's another thing, and it's just a, a yeah. little side note. 28-840 were at the game. You can't tell me because we were told something around thirty-five or thirty-six right. that 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 the new side's only seven thousand. I know, I know. I wonder, and I still think there's a question about what the ultimate capacity is going to be. But if there's twenty-eight-eight there, there's got to be ten. Yes, I would think. I don't know. Is that other side, quote unquote, only going to see ten thousand more, eight thousand? Well, I don't if you know. Think about all the seats below where we were, the Beaver, the Beaver Street, right? And then there's several levels. I know. Somehow I feel like that capacity number may be a little larger yeah. 
and if not so much on that side, just what you're capable of handling with the standing room and the terrace, right. etc. You might. You might push 40, Yeah, you I, would hope. I, it sure looks like it. And it's fun to think yeah. about. And it's fun to think, look, we're going to forget. We're going to conveniently forget because it's over. We're not going back until it's done. It'll be done when we reconvene. Isn't that a, the next time we go into that stadium yeah. where the Beavers have won 11 of their last 12 and it, yeah. just a, a amazing run the last couple of years. And it'll be a brand, what it's new, look brand like. new home. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Anyhow, we're still reveling how it looked and how it felt this past Saturday. Open phones, 497-5356. We'll get to some texts in a moment. Todd, thank you for the call. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Thanks, guys. My voice is still a little wiped out from Saturday. <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah, what a game. Um, you know, the one thing I haven't heard a lot of um, commentators or anybody else comment on, and maybe you guys have already touched on it, is the depth. Mm-hmm of our team, you know, in years past, if we would have lost, you know, our starting quarterback, our starting tight end, our starting mm-hmm. running back, mm-hmm. our starting center, starting left guard, we would have been in trouble. Yes. And now we didn't lose a beat. You know, we lost Levin mm-hmm. good, mm-hmm. I think midway through the first quarter. Yeah, and Tanner Miller, Tanner Miller did a tremendous job in helping to create a push. Absolutely. He had one little, the yeah. high snap to Damian Martinez on the Wildcat play disrupted the timing, but that's one snap among many. He did his job. He did his work. Absolutely. And the tight ends that have stepped up mm-hmm. since losing Musgrave, um, you know, everybody has stepped up. Left guard when we lost yeah. Brewer, yeah, stepped right up. And I think that that's the one thing that has shown how to build a program. It's not just your starters. Right. It's depth. And I think that uh, Smith and his coaches have done an outstanding job of next man up. That's a wonderful point, Todd. Glad you made it. Anything else? uh, Just the the last player that we lost um, was Martinez. Yeah. Halfway through the third quarter. Yes. I mean, after his long run, he didn't play again. No, that's true. And, and look at how they and, ran it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. So yeah. just a great win. One for the ages for sure. Thanks a lot, and, John. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You bet. Great Thank talking you to you. Let's do it again. Um, um, Deshaun and uh, Jam really, and Trey, uh, Trey really pulled through. Or no, Isaiah. Isaiah Newell. Trey, I don't think played. No, no. I, I was but thinking you're right. Those three guys really came through. Deshaun ran as well as he's, he's probably ever run yeah, I mean, all year. He to get the first down on that third down play. He didn't have any like he used to have and stuff. How bad? Do we know how bad uh, Martinez? Martinez? No, is. I don't know. And that's why a session with Jonathan today would have been nice for a lot yeah. of reasons. But yeah. we won't know for a while. My hope is he'll be back for... The bowl game, and now the bowl game. I keep uh-huh. Nick Daschle last night walking in the Child Center. Nick, great beat reporter, covering everything, was at all three basketball games. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, as I was yours truly, and the football game. He covered it all. And as we were walking together through the Child Center, he said, it's still the Sun Bowl. It's still going to be the Sun Bowl. And and if it is, we need to prepare ourselves to not, huh, the Sun the Sun Bowl is a good destination, yeah, and the Beavers yeah. could go win that game and get to 10 wins like they won the Sun in 06 to get to 10 wins. It would be a grand experience. I have no question about it. But I do question the notion that it's absolutely the Sun and nothing else. I think they're still 
There could be other things at Especially play. Especially if USC gets in the top four, which they're in today's AP if top If they four. beat Utah, they'll be in the CFP period. Okay, so yeah. that rises the that tide That takes for Washington else. to the Rose Bowl, and the tide does rise up with those three other upper echelon bowls, uh-huh. the Alamo, the Holiday, and Vegas, getting to kind of choose what they want to do. And... I think the Beavers would have a fairly compelling argument from the fan base, the way we travel, the enthusiasm for the program, maybe even the Holiday Bowl's own predisposition to, hey, we've never had Oregon State. They're a compelling story. I think you could be in that conversation with legitimacy and not just, ah, the Sun Bowl, that's it, let's move on. I don't think we're quite ready to simply say that. And nothing against the Sun Bowl, but the other bowls are higher in the in the they're, ranking. They are, and they're closer. They're closer yes. and easier to get to for Beaver Nation. So we'll, we'll kick those things around as we go this week. We need to take a break, but before we do, let's get some texts in, Johnny. What do you got well, in front of you? Well, a texter by the name of CVB, and okay. we get a lot of texts from him, yes. and they're all good. But we can't, yeah, no. we can't answer them all. No, yeah, we, uh, you're right. He says a few hundred short of 40K is the projection for research. Okay. Okay. The fourth down landing decision may have been colored by the results of two previous it punt was. attempts. It was. Mm-hmm. Uh, forgetting is a fear. Talking about your earlier part about forgetting this great game. On the bright side, the opportunity to enjoy comeback uh, is a new experience multiple times, maybe of some solace. We'll break a lot yeah. more. We'll break and get to more text when we come back on 1240 Joe Radio. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, See the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. It's time to think about a holiday greeting card. And at Wise Photo Printing, they have a large notebook of design ideas to choose from. So bring in a favorite picture, pick a design, and Wise Photo Printing will build your card for free. Stop by in their new location at 6th and Adams next to Ball Studios in downtown Corvallis or online at wisephotoprinting.com. Wise Photo Printing, helping you get it done. In sports, it's important to have a talented starting lineup. The same is true if you need some advice with personal or business tax planning or just some help with strategy. See the starting lineup at Tax and Wealth Management, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, or Robert Berry. They have the experience you need to successfully execute the game plan every time. They'd also like to take this moment to wish all of their clients and friends a very safe and joyous holiday season. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. If you have a tenant who has missed a rent payment, have an unmet maintenance need, or need to address a rule violation, don't wait. Mediate. If you know you won't be able to make your rent this month, don't wait. Mediate. Hi, this is Jared from Neighbor to Neighbor. We offer free mediation services to both landlords and tenants. The court process can be complicated, time-intensive, and expensive, but it doesn't have to be. If you need some assistance in communicating with your landlord or tenant, email me at weren2n at gmail.com. That's weren, the number 2, n, at gmail.com. Don't wait. Mediate. Hey, this is Jake with Hyundai of Albany. Inviting all of you to our Black Friday Winter Sales event going on now until the end of the month. We are offering 0.9% financing on 10 different models like the award-winning Kona and the all-new redesigned Hyundai Tucson. Act now and get $2,500 off of all of our Kona EVs in stock 
Receive three years complimentary maintenance and America's best warranty for 10 years or 100,000 miles. Come visit Hyundai of Albany now or visit us online at HyundaiofAlbany.com to save big this holiday season. Hey, everyone. If you're looking for an appliance like a refrigerator or a freezer or dishwasher, cooking appliances, washers and dryers, or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon, the best place to buy appliances at 21 Main Street in Lebanon. They offer install and delivery on the product they sell, like Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen. They even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance at 21 Main Street in Lebanon and on the web at kellenbergers.com. Stargazer Premier Florist knows that the holiday season is a special time with special meaning and that a meaningful gift can brighten someone's day and leave them feeling appreciated for any occasion. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants, always delivered fresh with a focus on keeping families and friends connected. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle. Boulevard in Corvallis. Built upon a solid foundation of cast iron and steel, it's the Kubota L-Series tractor. It's part of a Kubota tractor lineup that's rated number one in durability and owner experience. The durable Kubota L1 features powerful diesel engines and is easy to operate. Visit Lynn Benton Tractor in Tangent or go to lynnbentontractor.com. Lynn Benton tractor. We're still doing business the American way. All right, let's get through some text before we get to Dan and Beaverton. Uh, Paul says that ESPN said last night Oregon State to the Vegas Bowl. Well, I don't know what they're. Uh, yeah, but it's not. It's not a fact. That's just perhaps on a site or there's speculation, right. but that's not ratified. Yeah. We have to wait for results to see who goes where. I think it's a possibility. Everybody I talk to says if the Vegas Bowl can take UCLA, they will because they think people will drive over from Los Angeles because it's a fairly short drive. But they don't come out for UCLA. I, I think UCLA is oversold in that respect. I agree. They don't come out at all unless it's USC. And who knows how many of those fans in the Rose Bowl were USC fans. Um Here's another one. Fenwick, after his first touchdown, gave love to the fans by putting his hands together to form a heart. First to the south end zone, then the east side. Instantly became a favorite player to me. Mm-hmm. I believe he was uh, he was uh, telling or feeling his last game before mm-hmm. Beaver Nation. Telling his last game before. And he, I don't know what that's supposed to be. Uh, UCLA plus UCLA bailed on the Holiday Bowl last year. Hopefully that helps us. Yes, I think it does. Okay, that's from uh, Jeff. Paul says uh, Vegas uh, Bull. Hi, guys. Les here. Just a quick question. Will the Pac-12 take a look at the officials who called the Civil War game on Saturday? (laughs) Next year, the visitors will have their locker on the new side. Is that right? Might make it easier for the visitors to get off the field and avoid the home crowd on the on the uh, field when the crowd. He didn't write this, but when the crowd comes down like that. Uh, and he, he writes, best comeback ever. And Les has seen a lot of them. You're yes, right. Yes, he has. You're right about that, Les. Uh, CVB has a time, but we'll have to go on to others. Um, uh, Doug from Salem said his name is Joey. Doug from Salem's name is Joey? That's oh, the, oh name. the guy's name. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Joey, not Ducky. Thank you, Joey. <laughs> I, hope I hope Joey gets over it in his own, in his own time. Good luck, Joey. Uh, I was at the game last Friday. Assumed power outage. Lights could be on different service from safety lights. 200,000 people lost power that night. Tom and Corvallis. 
well, actually, no, only 6,500. I don't know what he's talking about there. Most people I saw in Section 302 were Beaver fans. Must have been Josh Worden on the Reeser PA Saturday. He did a great job. Yes, he did. Um, he was filling in for Brian. Who Brian I had something come up. Right. But, yeah, Josh sounded great, did a tremendous job. Tom and Corvallis. Yeah. Here's another one. Yeah, that's how I watched the 2020 version of The Game. According to my daughter, Aslan, they were close to kicking her out of that ICU unit for cheering too loud. She must be a nurse. I didn't remember any of it, though, so when the Pac-12 replayed the game, I was about to turn it off, but my wife told me to leave it on. Glad I did to see them win. Uh, again, I seriously didn't remember any minute of it. Yeah, that's from Paul. He got he got had a stroke. He was not doing well at that point. Mm. Uh, short note, let's see, footnote, I was at the 98 and 2000 games in person. Watch this one on TV. Probably makes a difference. Christy in Salem watched in Sisters with some family and friends. Definitely heard it in your voice during the third quarter. And I was cheering you on as much as I was the Beavers. <laughs> we uh, popped some champagne as the seconds ticked down. Of course, uh, Jason was there shooting yes. the game for the barometer. My third favorite rivalry game, 98-2000 and now 2022. George, happy to have Mike uh, Parker's game on uh, or Mike Parker's voice great job to Jonathan Smith and Beaver football it's the Civil War not the rivalry game well whoever's we're saying rivalry because we have to um, they are open minimizes use as a projectile I don't know what that means Andy oh that because I didn't go down far enough uh, it's not uh, letting an announcement was made to wait I heard it. There's no reasonable way to stop 5,000 yeah, okay. students. Yeah, gotcha. No, they weren't It's not letting like them. letting, hey, we hope you're all ready to storm no. the field. I'm sorry about using the word letting. Yeah. But what I'm, yeah, you're right. That's that's correct. I'm sorry. They're not, quote, unquote, letting or encouraging, but they they can't stop they it can't, either. No, they can't now, stop I, it. You know, no I, school can. How do you stop they, that kind no of thing? No school can, and that's why the fine is ridiculous. Because well, how are you supposed to stop that? You can't unless you literally have fencing, yeah, ten feet high, yeah, around right. the entire bowl. You're not. No one will ever do that. Mm -hmm. So I understand them wanting teams and schools to say, "Please do not, please right. do not." If we win tomorrow. Yeah. If we win later today, but during the game, that emotion, are you yeah, kidding me? Yeah. There's no way you're going to stop okay. that flood. Okay, another one. Had to be a great feeling for our O-line. Mm -hmm. No, the Ducks could do nothing about stopping the run. I've been on both sides, it, and it's one of the best feelings in the world, and the other is about as low as it gets. Yeah, when you're just getting pounded on. I was ready to leave at 31-10, and if the Ducks had scored again, yeah, I understand mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. I would have been gone, so happy I stayed. At the end, the Ducks knew the Beavers were going to run and couldn't do a swear word thing about it. <laughs> so sweet. The moment was when Fenwick got the first down. I looked at the clock, did some quick math, and yep. got a little dusty. Mm -hmm. All someone, Also, someone took a picture from the high east side with the sun setting over Mary's Peak, mm -hmm. orange sky, and the field filled with orange yeah. cowboy hats. It was. It was a great scene. Great scene. Let's sneak Dan in while we uh, thank you for all of the texts and contributions. Uh, not just sneak Dan in, and we'll push him in. We'll get behind Dan and push him on in. The best move I've seen on a quarterback sneak ever. Jack Velling yeah. shoving Ben Goldbranson in. How about Ben fumbling oh, yeah. on on his way across we, the plane and know. gathering it back in? I, I didn't know that until I watched the replay. Ooh. 
<laughs> on TV. Yes, a little I nervous. Like, ooh, ooh, he it popped up. He in the popped air up he, in the air and he just grabbed it and kept going. Good oh, for man. him. Let's go to Dan on the uh, downward dog phone line. Hello, Dan. Hey guys. Yeah, that was incredible. That was probably right in the top four of all-time civil wars I've ever seen. I'm thinking back to 1970 when uh, Dan Fouts' senior year, and we had uh, Steve Endicott and Dave Schilling, and uh, I think we beat him like 30 to 29 in the back-and-forth ball yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. The, 70, 1998, the 71 game was 30. Time with James Rogers, and then this one. Yeah. The 71 game you're referring to, the Beavers won it 30 to 29. Dan, though, unfortunately for the Beavs, did have one more year after that, and it went better for him in 72 at Parker Stadium, as you recall. I choose not to remember Okay, that yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> well, the thing about this game was in the, at the end of the third quarter, you know, we were all depressed and just going, okay, let's just make a game out of it. I, I wasn't sure about it ever coming back, but once that momentum changed, holy cow, it was amazing. Uh, another thing I want to say is about the, the Duck fans. We had uh, a lot in the tailgate section, and I had a couple of friends from Eugene that I hadn't seen in like 15 years that actually hosted us down there. They were very good sports. So many of my coworkers, they used to uh, <clears throat> decorate my... Uh, work area with Dr. Gear while I was out on sales calls. <laughs> and I had so many contacts from them saying what a great comeback and mm-hmm. how, how much the Beavers have improved. Even the Duck uh, defensive back, I won't mention his name, sent congratulations. So I mm-hmm. thought it was pretty classy. Um, last thing I want to talk about was I was behind uh, the Beaver bench at the very end of the game. Hmm. Gosh, I'd like to have heard that. His cheek might have hit the off. I'd like to have heard that, Dan. Although so if that you can, sounded like an old click phone. If you can text it to us or or give us a call back, I'd like to hear the end of that story. Did you hear this story? An Oregon fan who spent eleven thousand dollars on a box yeah, suite for the yeah. Pac-12 championship game. During the commercial break, before the start of the fourth quarter, yeah. thirty-one to ten. Yeah, I saw Kenzano wrote about that. I think. <laughs> Is that a you can't get your your money back? On I don't. That? I, apparently not. <laughs> well, he's gonna, oh, he's going to get to see a pretty good game between you, USC you, you and Utah. USC. <laughs> if he's got that kind of money, it yeah, shouldn't be no, that big I a deal. know. I, I, <laughs> I, I tend to agree. When I saw somebody paid eleven to get a suite down yeah. there, I don't think it's going to hurt him too. I mean, they're hurt emotionally that his team isn't in it, but I bet the eleven grand isn't going to be that big of a deal. You, you know what I learned from that, and I just yeah. realized this right now. If Oregon State were to get that far, I could find ten other people and oh. muster up a thousand bucks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, see you there next year. Maybe, That'd be great. Okay, now Phil Miller. Over the nearly sixty years I've been attending OSU games, so. He's got us. <laughs> Phil, you got us. Phil in Lebanon. I've seen many great games, he writes on the text line, the University Honda text line. The 64 Civil War, the 67 win over USC, a deficit of 28 against Fresno that we overcame, my two daughters for a Civil War in 98, and the 2000 win in the Pickfest. This certainly is near or at the top. We tend to forget how big the past games were and exaggerate those that are recent, but... With the amazing upward trajectory we were experiencing combined with the injuries we overcame, well, 
This was truly one for the ages. That's Phil. Phil over 60 years, and you reference him, not just rivalry games, but other games, the 67 wins. Still, in the history of Beaver football, that is probably the greatest win for all that yeah. it meant against yeah. number one USC at home and the Heisman Trophy winner, future Heisman Trophy winner, and OJ coming and you beat them 3 nothing, and the yeah. game has lived yeah. in lore forever and will continue to. Maybe the single greatest win in program history witnessed by everybody we've ever spoken to. See, I posed this question when you were out of town <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, and it was uh, not necessarily but walk-off play in a civil war. And Kip astutely mm-hmm. pointed out Al East's block of, a, of an extra point in 64 that put the Beavers into the, the Rose Bowl, their last. Yes. And you can't think about that. You're tied no, or you're, you block an extra point to go to the Rose Bowl. How do you top that? The problem is it was so long ago. Mm-hmm. There isn't enough hype and, mm-hmm. and, and footage and Twitter and, and, and uh, right. ESPN and all of that. Now I, I'm not, I've already aired in terms of the, the comeback in 98. The Beavers did come back in the fourth quarter in the best college football game I've ever seen, period, rivalry game or not. That 98 Civil War mm-hmm. at Parker, the best college football game I've ever seen. The back and forth nature of it, the swing of emotions, the Beavers winning in double overtime on a walk off Simonton. Bedlam at Parker Stadium, as Daryl called it, and mm-hmm. we did have pandemonium, as Dave wished I or somebody would have said after the win this past Saturday. It, it was an amazing scene in 98. It was again this past Saturday, and we've seen other sweet and memorable scenes with fans in the Sea of Orange coming in in 06 and 08, some other wins. But in the 64 game, I guess what I'm about to say is far mm-hmm. be it from me to question. It was not a walk-off blocked PAT. Oregon had led 6 nothing from uh, earlier in the game. Al East, the late, great Al mm-hmm. East, who yeah. was a friend of our show. And, yeah. and we had Al on a number of times talking about that play and Jan and, and, Jan and Al, just beautiful people. Right. Al was a beautiful soul. He blocked an extra point, but it was earlier in the game. And when the Beavers and Booker Washington scored late with about two minutes to go, that the Beavers needed to make an extra point, and they did to go ahead 7-6. But it's not as though Oregon drove down, okay. scored, trailed 7 nothing, scored, and with seconds or a minute to go or whatever, Al Block East blocked it, right. it, and you won 7-6. That had happened quite a bit earlier in the game. Then that takes it away. Okay. Yeah, that, that now, makes it much easier. Okay. So... Uh, but Al did block a PAT right. that tr- proved to be right. when the Beavers scored and made theirs. The Beavers won it 7-6 and then waited 10 days to find out they were going to the Rose Bowl. That was the one that Priest had to find out in the library? Bob Grimm found Bob out Grimm. in the library. He was in the library, and somebody came and said, hey, you just, the vote came in. You guys are going to the Rose Bowl. And Bobby Grimm turns, 18-year Bobby Grimm, and said, oh, okay, thank you, and got back to work on his biology. <laughs> Unlike uh, 2009, right. winner take all. And uh, a bunch of other years. Had um, the Beavers won that 2009 game, that would be at the top, I think, in the history yes, of the game. Because yes. and they were close. That was a tremendous college football Up game. By too. nine in the third quarter, 30 to 21. That's correct. You win that. That game probably trumps all. Yes. In, in my view, that yes. would have been the greatest. That would have trumped three nothing over USC because that yes. game put you in. And you're down there, and you're yes. a heavy underdog. Yeah. And that, you that, get in. You get in. That with puts a win. you in. 
And it should have been. But yeah. Jeffrey Mail and no. I know. There's pain, lingering pain, just as when you think about it from the standpoint of our lives and our joyous existence on this Monday. <laughs> about the pain in the other direction, it's all true. And that's why. If one, I were them, I'd want it go after my coach so well landing and, and they are down call no they are and it, they did he, he did he, it was washington too yeah i know that was, and that's that's why they kick game over that's why it hurts badly for them because it's twice in the last three weeks the yeah. same kind of yeah. decision so that's and not sitting well down there i know that out of uh possible cfp the other knocks you out of the pac-12 championship game in the 98 game just to to stand corrected i thought it was that the Beavers overcame. It was never 31-17, but it was 24-17. Simonton had scored to put the Beavers up 17-14. This is why it was such a great game. Then Oregon went up 21-17. Then they kicked a field goal and were up 24-17 midway through the fourth quarter. The Beavers got the ball back, uh, didn't do much, and punted. Oregon was about to get the ball back, uh, leading 24 to 17 with about five or six minutes or whatever to go in the game. And just as special teams can swing these dramatic games. What was the overtime situation? Well, it was 24, 17 Oregon. The Beavers punted and Michael Fletcher back to return the punt muffed it. Uh huh. And, and that became a refrain because, as you know, as the thing played out, Bobby Wilson and I, yeah. I, I, I just I came up with this little kiddish, sophomoric, ridiculous mm-hmm. refrain. Beavers recover and then a slant to Tim Alexander or a little hitch or whatever, and he takes it 71 yards, and now the game's tied at 24. And the fight and the game is on. Whereas Akili Smith and company, they weren't running it. They mm-hmm. couldn't have run the clock out, but they would have had the ball in the lead with about five minutes to go. Right. And it would have changed perhaps what the Beavers had to do and needed to do to still win it. Not that they couldn't have if Fletcher doesn't fumble the punt. But I used to say, if Fletcher doesn't fumble the punt, Riley's still the coach. If Fletcher doesn't fumble the punt, (laughs) Riley's still the coach. Almost trying to – because if the Beavers don't win that game the way they did it, I don't think Riley gets the Charger job. No, you're right. And then who knows – what, what exactly who knows what happens in this amazing life of ours but now Fletcher fumbling the punt gave the Beavers the chance to tie it and they eventually won it in the greatest game I've ever seen 44-41 in double overtime but I'm saying Johnny that if if the Beavers didn't pull that win out I don't think the Chargers can hire Mike at four and seven coming off a loss, however competitive it was. Mm-hmm. But the way they finished the year with some big wins and that dramatic win that had the eyes of the nation on it late, I think that got Mike the job in San Diego. Yeah. So let's go to uh, Jerry on the Downward Dog phone line. Jerry, good afternoon. Hi, Mike. Hey. I, <laughs> I was starting a fire in my wood stove here a couple of days ago, and I was using some old newspapers from... Uh, Democrat Herald, and I pulled out the sports page uh, of Thursday, February 4th, 2021. And it just so happened to have the headlines for the recruiting classes for both the Beavers and the Ducks. And I I think this is really (laughs) illustrative of, you know, the difference in talent, supposedly, that the Beavers can put on the field and what the Ducks can put on the field. So just, just read a couple little things here. The Beavers added, it says here, they add 15 players to their class. And, uh, 
one area in particular that Smith hoped to shore up with this class was the offensive line. And he says here, Jason White, a three-star offensive tackle out of Orange, California, flipped his commitment from Boise State to Oregon State and immediately became one of the gems of the Beaver class, a three-star. Okay, now down just, just below that, it says Oregon signs top recruiting class in the Pac-12 again. Mm-hmm. And so it says here that, uh, oh, what do I want to say here? Okay, highlighted there, it says the Ducks have become the number one recruiter uh, under Mario Cristobal. Highlighted this year by 19 four-star recruits. Mm-hmm. Oregon has landed the Pac-12's top recruiting class for the third straight year, finishing ahead of USC. And then it also says here, that they didn't have any five-star recruit in this year's class, but it says they signed the number one recruit from Oregon, California, Arizona, Nevada, Nebraska, Colorado, Utah, and New York, and also had the nation's top receiver and tight end combination recruiting class. And so when you think of what the Beavers accomplished on Saturday with the perceived difference in talent, it just shows what a incredible job that uh, Jonathan is doing with the people that he does recruit, coaching them up and getting them to play against these supposedly much, much better players and yet beating them. It's great. <laughs> two years in, I mean, two years in a row now at home, the Beavers have won against all of those ballyhooed, highly, you know, the, those recruiting classes, which somebody put a tweet out on Saturday as I was consuming. When you win, you consume everything, social media, traditional media, keep, keep it coming. Let's keep reading and keep uh, savoring and keep, I love, I love it. But somebody put out a, a comparison of, of recruiting stars or whatever number of stars on the field. Some national service put that out and the gap between number of stars for Beaver players compared to number of stars for Oregon players is outlandish. It's gigantic. And, Oh, it it's is. it's yeah. true based on whatever those recruiting services mean. What you've just quoted, Jerry, those are those are real. Those are accurate evaluate at least whether they're accurate in the big picture in terms of whether they deserve that ranking and those stars. That is what those services had them at. Right. Yeah. So it it just makes the win all that much uh, yeah. sweeter. <laughs> I agree. Oh, thank you, yeah. Jerry. Okay, thanks. Good talking to you. Let's take a final break. We'll wrap up the show with some texts and calls. Mike Parker with John Warren. Open phones. We'll check in with Sarah, I hope, during the week. Kind of an impromptu session with Sarah. It may not be so impromptu if we set it up, but a little out of our usual lane to talk about marketing, to talk about bull possibilities, etc. But for now, we continue to take your calls, comments, texts about the event. And where do you put it? And how does it go over in this amazing event called the Civil War for so many years, for 90 years, and the rivalry game, and the classic that it has been in our lives, shared together with fans of both programs? How's it kind of all going over on this Monday in your world with your relatives who who are hurting today on a Monday, and we're hurting Saturday? And I would love to kind of hear your shared experiences with the whole event, 1240. Joe Radio. 
It was a Sunday, and I had just sat down in the recliner with a bowl of chips to watch the big game when I heard a terrible sound. I hope you're not planning on sitting around the house all day. You gotta get to work on this place. That game's just gonna have to wait. I would, but I don't have all the equipment. That's no excuse. You can rent everything at Philomath Rental, and since they're open on Sundays, you can go out there right now. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Open seven days a week. Philomath Rental, behind Landmark Realty, just a mile and a half west of the Sunset Shopping Center. Tools and equipment for your home, farm, and business. Weddings, anniversaries, holiday parties, corporate events, large or small, make them spectacular with Forks and Corks Catering. From delicious bites to signature cocktails, they'll ensure an experience that is a delight for you and your guests. With their fresh cuisine, artful presentation, and polished service, Forks and Corks always creates a spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011. Burst's Chocolates looks forward to seeing all of their customers and making some new ones this holiday season. In addition to all their traditional chocolates made right in the store, Burst's has added imported chocolates and confections this year. So stop in and say hi during the holiday open house. It's Monday, November 28th from noon until 7. Enter to win a Bethany Lowe Putts House and boxes of chocolates from Burst's. Make Burst's Chocolates part of your holiday tradition. Between 3rd and 4th on Madison in downtown Corvallis. Sweetening the Valley since 1938. Have you been putting off that remodeling project? Have you finally decided to take a leap and get it done? For over 30 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, wood and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands that you know, love and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering and go Beeves. What's your power like today? Are you driving a powerful vehicle or are you just getting there? Fall and winter is coming and Power Honda in Albany has the CRV, Pilot, HRV, Odyssey, Passport SUVs, Ridgeline trucks, and over a thousand pre-owned vehicles to choose from to help you get to where you're going this fall and winter. So come experience the power at Power Honda in Albany or go to mypowerhonda.com. Have you seen Highland Bowl's expanded Strike Zone Lounge? Stop by for a burger, pizza, a hot or a cold sandwich, or a salad. There's appetizers and snacks, too. And the prices are so low on beer and spirits, it's like happy hour all day. Enjoy your favorite Oregon lottery games, too. Highland Bowl. It isn't just for bowlers anymore. Stop by and check out the expanded Strike Zone Lounge at Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis. We set them up, you knock them down. It's Medicare open enrollment time. See the Medicare specialists at Rhodes Warden Insurance Agency. Look at all the 2022 plan choices, including prescription drug plans and Medicare Advantage. This is your time to see if you can find a lower premium and extra benefits. Open enrollment starts October 15th and ends December 7th. Call now to make an appointment. Since 1961, Rhodes Warden Insurance Agency, Lebanon, Albany, and Staten, or RhodesWardenINS.com. Hey, this is Jake with Hyundai of Albany, inviting all of you to our Black Friday winter sales event going on now until the end of the month. We are offering 0.9% financing on 10 different models like the award-winning Kona and the all-new redesigned Hyundai Tucson. Act now and get $2,500 off of all of our Kona EVs in stock. Receive three years complimentary maintenance and America's best warranty for 10 years or 100,000 miles. Come visit Hyundai of Albany now or visit us online at HyundaiofAlbany.com to save big this holiday season. 
Get a great deal on Kubota M-Series utility tractors. Kubota's powerful and versatile lineup is rated number one in durability and owner experience. So whether you need to mow, rake, stack, lift, or pull, you can get it done right with Kubota M-Series utility tractors. And right now, get a Kubota utility tractor for $0 down, 0% APR for up to 48 months, plus save $3,000 now through December 31st. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for a full discount. Disclaimer. Mike Parker with T.J. Matthewson. John Warren off, has to make a trip into Corvallis on some personal business. So T.J. and I will wrap up the show together today here in the next 10 minutes. We'll get to texts. In fact, want to sneak one in before we visit with Randy real quickly. Matt wrote, that game ranks in the top three for me in the rivalry. Simonton's double overtime touchdown, Joey five pick, and then... This past Saturday, Mark, is this the best Civil War game ever? I texted this to the post-game show, and I stand by it. So, TJ, you saw Mark write mm-hmm. this. 98 reigns is 1A. Still hadn't had a winning season, and UO was ranked number 16 and a two-overtime win. 2022 equals 1B, the comeback we just saw. 2000 is number two, the year, the Fiesta Bowl, but mostly Joey five picks. Let's go to uh, Randy. We'll get to some more texts as we head down the stretch on this Monday afternoon. Hello, Randy. Hello. Thanks for taking my call. Long-time listener. A um, couple of real quick comments here. When I was watching the last fourth, last goal line stand and uh, fourth down, I saw on the replay that it was actually James Wallace, number 52, who tipped the ball. And um, I found that really Awesome effort from him. So, James, um, are, are you saying, and I've not seen this enough in the angle that I had from where we sat at the opposite end, on the final pass intended for Franklin, Rawls tipped it, and thus whatever sort of uh, jockeying was going on, I think, with Alex Austin and Franklin in the end zone, there was talk of maybe he got a little bit of hold of him or something, but that would be that wouldn't be a factor if Rawls tipped it. You're saying, I haven't seen this. Is it true that James tipped that ball coming through? Yes, okay. and what confirmed it for me was um, a private YouTube video by Marty Kaufman. He was in the end zone hmm. filming okay. and um, in the stands. Okay. And great, great uh, look at it. Um, he just barely tipped it where it went sideways. Yeah. And he, okay. you see the thing grab it. Big play. Hey, and Rawls, no one's talked about this because it's lost in the midst of a game that had so many huge plays. But Rawls sacked Bo Nix. The Beavers got to him once. Only four sacks allowed by that group all year. That's impressive. But the Beavers got to him and got him down. And Rawls was kind of sitting on his haunches, kind of celebrating the big sack. And did you see Bo Nix run to the white hat and complain? That, I don't know. What was he complaining about? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, close up. But he had one hand on his chin, kind of grabbing his, uh, kind of in a mini headlock kind of, and um, yelling in his ear holes. Rawls so, did? Yeah, I was all about that. <laughs> okay, well, okay. No. Maybe maybe James got away with one there, but as Jim Wilson points out, you're allowed to celebrate touchdowns and strut and pose. <laughs> but but I mean, I suppose if uh, if Rawls did have a hold of the face mask longer than he should have, then maybe Nick's had a point. But I'm glad nothing came of it. <laughs> yeah, and when I got a comment about Newell's first touchdown, when he was 
uh, being blocked for, everybody, every beaver on the offensive line took on a defender one-on-one. If they didn't have somebody on the line to block, they ran upfield mm-hmm. and established somebody as a thing of beauty. I mean, I could have run for a touchdown on that. And then did you notice that when Newell ran to the sideline, the camera caught a lot of coaches holding up two fingers as, as if to go for two. I don't know if that's what they meant, but it, they were signaling two. So, well, after the touchdown to put the Beavers ahead, that the, the last again, Newell touchdown, yeah, I mean, yeah. there, there was, they made the right decision. No, no, the first, oh, the first, the first one. The Newell's first run. I got you. You know, when, when the Beavers got to within... I think that, yeah, 34 to 23, yeah, instead of kicking, they originally had left the offense out there to go for two, and then Oregon took a timeout when they saw that, and that left them with fewer, you know, obviously at the back end. But I remember not liking the idea of going for two there. It's not time to go for two. The whole weird era that we live in now with more teams going for two, including our own at times, I don't under fully understand it, Randy. It was not the right play to go for two at that point. And as it turned out, to have a four-point lead, if you don't get the two, you're in trouble. In terms, even if you take the lead, a field goal could still have tied you in the end and would have changed Oregon's plan down the stretch. So to kick the extra point to make it 34-24 was absolutely the right thing to do. To go for two would not have been, in my opinion, anyway. I agree. In fact, Coletto's two-pointer in Fresno was the one I agreed with. All of the other ones are pretty risky. Yeah. yeah. Randy, good stuff. Anybody and see, and the anybody ends- down there? If he's recuperating, if he's rehabbing, I thought he could at least walk the sideline. Well, yeah, I don't know what's going on with respect to that. I hope to learn more as we go, Randy. But I'm glad you brought up some end zone angle stuff. I've had people say to me they'd like to watch the whole game, and particularly that late third and fourth quarter from an end zone view, just to see how the Beaver linemen were dominating physically and get those sort of end zone shots to see what was going on. And your comment about the pushing and the blocking for Newell is well taken. I mean, it was an amazing performance by those guys. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Randy. So, TJ, let's get to some text here. Mark in Wyoming. So I don't know what uh, Shane from Corvallis, was it just me? Oh, Shane, Mark in Wyoming is talking about the Fiesta Bowl and the five fix. Shane uh, says, was it just me or was it the first touchdown for the Ducks? A bad call. Okay. The wrestling match between Chase Cota and Rajon Wright. I've had a lot of people tell me that in the end, after all the wrestling, it was Rajon that had the ball. It was, I didn't have a definitive. I, nor did I. I yeah. <laughs> New, <laughs> I've no so comment no on that. So no opinion on it. Rajon should have picked that. It was thrown to him. Well, and I do think his right thumb may have affected his ability mm-hmm. to, to fully squeeze and win that wrestling match yeah. for the ball. Yep, yep, yep. He was but. playing hurt. Right. And I disagreed with Jim, whose contention was the ball at some point hit the ground, he thought. He thought it hit the turf while the roll was going over. I never saw that part of it. It was going back and forth. It, it looked like simultaneous possession okay. at, at points. It was, it was really it was a tough one. Uh, Shane says, not a touchdown because the ball was moving around while he was moving towards the end zone. Uh, Shane also says, I agree with Tumwater that I wish the hats were more available to fans. <laughs> Dave and Sandy, what a crazy swing of events. Uh, we were able to hang on to the radio and TV signals 
went through the crazy turn of events. I'm not sure what Oz means, Dave, but uh, one word for the whole game for Beavers, proud. Sell the film of the game as a motivational film. It isn't over until it's over. Never give up, etc. Dave, thank you uh, for your text. Doug, I agree and appreciate John's opening comments about the two plays. I had to encourage my two young grandsons at 3110 and told them not to give up. I proclaim loudly a few minutes later with the lead that I never thought I would be that happy again. <laughs> Life is wonderful. We've got more text to get to tomorrow, and as the week goes along, somebody texts and says, I think a lot of credit needs to go to Mike McDonald, the strength and conditioning coach, Alex from Grants Pass, amongst other points. Thank you, Alex. Thanks to all of you for tuning our way. We'll take more calls and text tomorrow and continue to live in it. K-E-J-O Corvallis. And translator. K-2290-I Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.